On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we want to address a topic we have discussed before, but there's some new news in the in the area of women preachers. And we, we recently discovered a sort of big announcement coming out of Abilene, Texas, concerning a church that decides has decided to allow women to preach in their assemblies. And we've got some of the argumentation that they've offered to justify that. We want to review that. And we just want to talk about the broader question of Women preachers, are they authorized in the New Testament, and should they be speaking in the churches today? That'll be our study tonight on the virtual Bible study. Stay tuned. We'll get to that uh, as we begin in just a moment. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And thanks for joining us on the Virtual Bible Study. This is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday night, September the 26th, 2019. Thanks for being there online, and we look forward to your participation in our study tonight. You can participate via email. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. You can get online and, and uh, get in our chat room that you find on our webpage. Um, you can call us 877-381-4567. So lots of ways for you to be in touch. And we look forward to you participating with us in the virtual Bible study tonight. My name is Greg Gwynn. I'm one of the regular participants on the virtual Bible study, but I'm not in my usual chair. I, I'm sitting in for Jacob tonight, who is, is uh, out of town. And uh, so I'm in his chair and in my chair is my good friend, Monty Overton. Monty, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you, Greg. It's good to be here. And we got Kyle, as usual, behind the controls. Kyle, welcome. It's good to be here as always. And so we'll, the three of us will be talking about this matter, but we hope that you'll join in with us, too. Before we get into our topic for discussion tonight, we want to remind you uh, that we have a gospel meeting coming up at the College View Church, and it's going to begin two weeks from this coming Sunday. It begins on October the 13th and runs through Friday night, October the 18th. And we'll have different speakers each day. Some really, I, good, I think, excellent gospel preachers will participate, bringing lesson to us from God's Word. So mark your calendars. If you're anywhere within a driving distance of Columbia, Tennessee, uh, we hope that you'll make a plan to join us during the week of October 13th through 18th, we'll be having a gospel meeting. We'll get a we'll get an announcement about that up on our webpage uh, right away, and hope that you will join us. Um, we also always remind you that we put out an update every week about our intended subject. Uh, uh, so on Thursdays, long about noontime or a little before, we send out an update and tell you what we're planning to discuss and begin to seek feedback. You can email us anytime uh, with your responses to some of the questions that we ask. If you're not getting our update, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just say, add me to your list, and we will do that. Uh, we always have bumper stickers available. If you would like to get a bumper sticker and put it on your car so that you can help us advertise the virtual Bible study, again, send us your snail mail address uh, to questions at collegeview.com, and we'll get that in the mail to you. And we also encourage you to uh, share our information if you're a regular Facebook uh participant if you're active on facebook you can help us spread the word uh, on facebook get the message out about the virtual bible study all right so to our subject for tonight and and to our update list earlier today i i sent the link to uh, a fella a blogger by the name of steve gardner who has a, a blog site called authentic theology um and uh, this is a little bit longer article, and I'm not going to read it all, but I, this uh, was just really eye-opening, and, and this wants, we want to serve this to serve as the basis for our discussion and our study tonight. And so I'm going to read some of this. Starting out, it says, Highland Church of Christ in Abilene, Texas, one of the largest Church of Christ congregations in the United States, announced this month that both women and men will preach in its worship services. Previously, it prevented 
or prohibited women from preaching. After scripture study, the elders found, quote, scriptures supported a woman preaching in our assembly. Now, that's according to an article in the Abilene Reporter News, a part of the USA Today News Network. Um, some of you will recognize the name Highland Church of Christ in Abilene. Uh, they have been sort of at the cutting edge, uh, cutting edge of what I'd call digression from Bible authority money for years. That was the church you may remember uh, as a young man as I do. That was the church that promoted the Herald of Truth radio and television ministry way back, <laughs> and and that eldership at the Highland Church. W- made themselves the overseers of a nationwide conglomerate operation uh, putting the Herald of Truth on radio and television. So, yeah, I remember seeing it a couple of times yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, and and the Herald of Truth was pretty well known in the Abilene, uh, in uh, the Highland Church in Abilene is the one that, that promoted that. So they've been sort of out there uh, pushing the envelope for some time on uh, the work of the church and authority for it. Keep reading here in this article. It says women, so... To justify this, uh, they say women preach in chapel at most Church of Christ colleges now, while a minority, including Faulkner and Freed Hardeman, still completely prohibit women from not only from preaching, but from leading singing, reading scripture, leading prayer in their chapel services when men are present. But the vast majority, it goes on to say the vast majority of churches of Christ completely prohibit women from speaking and leading in their worship services and from teaching men and boys over the age of 10 in Sunday school. The churches of Christ are nearly alone in Christianity and completely prohibiting women and girls this way. Um, hardly any denomination in Christianity completely bans women from speaking and serving up front like the churches of Christ do. A recent study found that having only male congregational leaders causes long-term harm to many of the young girls in the congregation. It reported that adult women who had only male congregational leaders growing up had, as an effect, lower self-esteem associated with more depression and anxiety, less education, higher unemployment, and more of an authoritarian and judgmental view of God. Uh... Uh, on average, uh, so uh, than, than women who had influential female congregational leaders growing up. Uh, in another survey, an alarmingly high percentage of women in the Churches of Christ reported symptoms of trauma. Um, like Highland Church of Christ, a growing number of Churches of Christ congregations studied the Scriptures and changed their and changed after concluding that prohibiting women and girls in this manner is simply following a tradition of man and is contrary to God's word. Many of the changing congregations found that churches of Christ have given woefully insufficient attention to the great amount of scripture that asks women to speak, uh, to speak to, to teach, to lead, to have authority over men in an assembly and elsewhere. And they concluded that when the few sentences to which people point to support their tradition of completely prohibiting women from speaking, 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35, 1 Timothy 2, verse 12. When those are read in context, they do not mean women are completely prohibited from speaking. Many people have concluded it is immoral and a sin to participate in worship services in which women and young men, excuse me, women and young girls are prohibited. So some are saying, I couldn't participate. If you're going to forbid the women, I believe that's immoral. And they go on and say, it, it, is it moral to participate in a worship service in which black people are prohibited because of their race. If you think it's immoral to participate in a service in which women and young girls are prohibited from speaking, uh, in other words, they're, they're equating the two. I didn't read that quite as written, I guess, but it, they're equating the idea of, of prohibiting women would be the equivalent of prohibiting black people from participating in worship. Uh, goes on to say, isn't blocking someone from loving from loving God with all their heart, mind, and soul, and from loving their neighbor by serving during the worship service, by leading, singing, offering communion remarks, preaching, or otherwise, isn't it a sin to block them from doing those things? Um, these are the things that Jesus asked women and men to do in the great, greatest commandment of all, Mark twelve twenty-eight through 31. God asked women over and over again in the Bible to speak, to speak to, to lead, to teach, and to exercise authority over men in an assembly and elsewhere. 
As an example, the first people to whom the, uh, Jesus revealed the news of the resurrection were women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, John 20, beginning verse 16, Matthew 28, verse 9. Uh, Jesus said, go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God, John 20, verse 17. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, Matthew 28, verse 10. Mary Magdalene went to the assembled disciples and spoke to and taught them. I have seen the Lord. She told them these, uh, that he had said these things to her. Christ thus tells women to go tell assembled men uh, what he revealed to the women and what he wants them to do. Uh, will we, as Churches of Christ congregations, acknowledge that discriminating against women and girls in this way is a sin? Apologize to the women and girls in our congregations, repent and change. Well, that's a little longer reading than we usually do, but I thought that was pretty telling, Monty. Uh, we want to take apart some of those arguments, but uh, just give me your your sort of initial reaction to those things. Well, as I read that article today in preparing to be here tonight, I really thought that they were really having to strain at things in order to try to contrive that this was women teaching. For example, when Jesus told Mary to go tell the disciples he didn't tell her to go teach to them. He didn't tell her to go preach to them. Basically, he said, go give them a message. You know, I, I, here, I want you to let them know that what I've been telling them all along, I was going to be re- resurrected, has happened. It's not any different than uh, if there was a group of men together and you needed their help, you might send your wife to say, hey, go get Monty and them other guys to come help me do something. She wouldn't be teaching. She wouldn't be preaching. She'd just be relaying a message from you. All right. I think you're right. And we want to look at that example a little in a little more detail here in a minute. But I, I, I felt the same way you did. I felt like they were just grasping at straws to try and justify this position that they obviously want to assume they want to assume this position Mm -hmm. and so they're grasping at straws in order to be able to at least in some way justify in their minds what they are doing kyle your reaction it is it's uh i just i firmly believe that if we have to strain and twist and wring out the scriptures to find a proof or to piece together then that's it's a simple gospel it's pieced it's not pieced together from little scriptures it's just it's it's simple. That's it really right. Is. That's right. You, 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 if that's if you got it, you know that the strength of of a position is detected by how hard you have to search for any crumb of of evidence to support what you want. And they, these are just these are very very weak arguments. Well, it's also interesting. I think that they said that there was a great amount of scripture that asked women to teach and lead and have authority over men, but the only two scriptures they quoted, they admitted or that they wrote down was scriptures that said women shouldn't be doing that. They didn't reference a single scripture to support their position. With the exception of that Mary Magdalene thing, as we'll talk about. Okay, so here's the questions we put out to our update list about this article. So we we provided to our, and we can get that up, we can get that link to you if you don't have it yet. Um, In fact, I won't read the link to this specific article, but you can find it if you go to AuthenticTheology.com. AuthenticTheology.com and, and, and this article, I think, pop up on the front page. Um, so what would be your reaction to these arguments that are cited in the article? First of all, women, uh, what about this, Monty? Women who are in congregations where only males are leaders suffer long-term harm and trauma, including low self-esteem, less education, higher unemployment, and so forth. Uh what do you think about that? I mean, okay, so we got to do something because if we keep doing as we've been doing, women are women are really suffering. I mean, the, uh, emotionally and psychologically, this is causing great harm on women. So we should change. Well, I wonder where they got that information from. Uh, the congregations that I'm familiar with around here that I've been a part of throughout my life uh, are congregations that do what we understand the scripture to say that the women are not allowed to take these roles in the church, that God didn't give them authority for that. And I'm not seeing what I would think, at least maybe I'm thick headed, but I'm not seeing what I would think is harm and trauma. I don't really believe our women are suffering with low self-esteem. I know a great many women with college degrees that are members of sound conservative churches of Christ. So their education is not left. They got higher education than I do. I don't know that they're out of work because of it. I mean, we know women that 
that have secular employment. I don't see that they're that's a problem. Well, for it's, it's, so it's, all this stuff, I, I don't know where they're getting this information. It's a from. really subjective argument. Yeah. is what you're saying. I mean, in other words, they they cited a couple of surveys. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Chris in in uh, the UK responded to that. Uh, he said he couldn't find the studies except a book on Amazon uh, that he, he supposed supported the finding. Uh, uh, it, he says it, it, it may be that those who suffer from being uh, under these uh, conditions would respond to a survey like that because they have been affected by the issue already, so prone to probable confirmation bias. And so I think what Chris is saying is if you ask a bunch of women this question, the only ones likely to respond to it is the ones who feel like they've been cheated out of yeah. something and they're going to res- – so you'd get a, a, a bias in in the direction of the of that um, – finding that you're searching for but you know you stop thinking about it i I feel cheated that i am not able to be a bank robber you know i it's just i'm I'm just this is just my ambition to rob banks and the fact that the church teaches that i can't do that uh, it, it just it it hurts me emotionally and i'm I, i'm just depressed about it pretty much all the time that i can't go out and do these kind of things that i wanted i mean that would be as much an argument as what they're making here it's just a subjective argument uh, i would think that the reason women feel that way is because of the cultural influence of our society uh, in, they've of, been told all their life now that they're supposed to feel slighted yeah and so culture has told women you should be able to do anything you want. You should be able to do everything a man does, and a man should be able to do everything you do. And 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 any obstacle to you doing what you want to do is unfair and unjust. And so the, the young girls and women have been fed that notion yeah. for so long that now you can, you can imagine it would be reflected in some polls like this. But it's a purely subjective argument. Yeah, and but like you say, if they if if there is evidence to this, you'd think they would have cited a study, a study by so-and-so at such yeah. such time, yeah. give this documentation for this. But they don't have any documentation. They're like a lot of people that have a point they can't prove, but they want to real yeah. bad. They'll say, well, here it is, and throw information out there, make the it's, accusations. It's, like the, it's unfounded accusations. Yeah. All the articles said a recent study found and then said another recent survey found. Well, where are those? They didn't footnote the the source uh, at all. I, I asked two guys I know, and they told me this. That's the survey. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be. I mean, there's, that's really inconclusive. So uh, we think that they're making a really weak argument on the fact that women are traumatized because they are restricted by God's law concerning what they can do in regards to teaching and having authority over men we uh, i don't i'm like you mike if you just want to go upon subjective experience that's not been my experience now apparently apparently it's somebody's experience but not in my experience that women express that uh in the churches where i have been i've not i've not ever experienced people complaining that way you know I, i've heard a great many women over the years saying they're glad they don't have to get up and preach and, and do those kind of roles that God has reserved for me, and it, it, it'd be their preference not to have to do those things. Yeah, I think that's right. We got to take a break. Well, when we come back, we're going to continue to analyze this article about Highland Church of Christ saying they're going to let women preach. We'll talk more about that when we get back from this break. Stay tuned. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to 
to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Staying calm is the best way to take the wind out of an angry man's sails. Always remember that the future comes one day at a time. Men acquire a particular quality by constantly acting in a particular way. Moral excellence comes about as a result of habit. We become just by doing just acts, temperate by doing temperate acts, brave by doing brave acts. Bear the trials of life with dignity and grace, making the best of circumstances. Attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. Man, wish I'd said that. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the virtual Bible study. We're talking about the subject of women preachers and analyzing an, uh, a blog article by a fellow named Stephen, Steve Gardner that uh, reported on the Highland Church of Christ in Abilene, Texas, deciding to allow women preachers. And in the article, there were several statements that we thought were worthy of note. Another one of those statements was this money. There is, quote, a great amount of scripture that asks women to speak to, teach, lead, and have authority over men in an assembly. While only a few sentences support the tradition of completely prohibiting women from speaking. Now, I thought it was interesting that when he says there's a great amount of scripture that asks women to speak to, teach, lead, and have authority over men, and they and he didn't give the reference to a single one of those scriptures. He says there's a great amount of them, but he didn't name a single one. You know, if there were a great amount of them, you'd think they would have thrown at least one out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you went in court to law, you know, you got this guy on trial, and the prosecuting attorney says, "We've got lots of witnesses who saw this guy do the crime." And he stops there. But what would be the response? The, the uh, defense uh, attorney would, would be saying, can we, can we have do, testimony do, do, from one of them? Or, and the judge would say, hey, you're, you're, you're going to produce them, surely, yeah. right? Uh, he produced none of the great amount of scriptures that ask women to speak to, teach, lead, and have authority over men. Now, he mentioned, really, I thought, that, as you mentioned earlier, Monty, I think is rather telling that the only scriptures that he referenced were the ones he said. He said there are a few sentences that support the tradition of completely prohibiting women from speaking. But he says, if you look at them in context, they don't even say that. Now, notice he, he references 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it's not permitted to them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. Now, I, I just want to make a clarification, because in this in this article... I think we were misrepresented several times. It said we we insist that the women keep absolute silence. Um, women, for instance, said women are completely prohibited from speaking in the assemblies. That's not true. That's just not true. Uh, for instance, women in the assemblies sing. And that's a form of speaking. And the Bible refers to that as speaking to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So, so you know, the, they the, do that. Why? That's right. That's right. It's so a command for women that's to do right. that. So we're not, we, we don't completely, how does he say that again? He's, he said we, women are completely prohibited from speaking. That, first of all, that's not true. The, 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 the proper understanding here, 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 is, let your women keep silence in the churches for it is not permitted them to speak but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. That is the very familiar construction that's common in the Scripture, not but. And and so it's not a complete prohibition on the one. It's an emphasis on the other. And so it's not a complete prohibition on speaking, because if it was, they couldn't sing. It's not a complete prohibition on speaking, but it's an emphasis on the fact that they are to be under obedience or in, sub, in, in subjection to the men. Uh, I think the perfect example of that kind of construction is in John 6, verse 27, labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that which meat which endureth to everlasting life. Well, that's not a complete prohibition on working our, for our food. In fact, we're commanded to work for our food. But the emphasis is on, put your emphasis on the things that endure to eternal life. So, 
1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 is not saying women have to be mute silent in the assemblies, but it is saying what it is saying. And that's what what these folks who are promoting this change, uh, they they want women to be able to have authority and teach over the men. This passage is prohibiting that. And so does also the other one that he mentioned, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 12, Paul said, I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Uh, So, again, that's also a not but construction. Mm -hmm. And the silence is the silence of of submission, not not mute silence, but the silence of submission, not to be an authority over the men. so again, uh, the great amount of scripture uh, uh, is is just not there. Chris in the UK said uh, uh, he, he he references several examples from the Old Testament, a few from the New. He says a lot of these refer to prophets, and I've read somewhere where prophecies will cease, so no longer a factor. Uh, I would add that judges uh, were the precursor to kings. That's irrelevant unless you're an Anglican and goes on. He talks about Miriam and Junia. We're going to talk about them in a, in a minute. Uh, Phoebe, we're going to talk about them, uh, about her. Uh, we, we've got some comments uh, uh, about that. We may get back to what Chris has said here. Um, Angela uh, has responded and uh he said, she says about women who are depressed because they can't participate like they want to. She said, my thought about this is that these women in the Church of Christ who are demanding that they be allowed to stand up and teach are looking around at the denominations and wanting what they have. The Israelites did the same thing when they wanted a king over them like the other nations, and that was displeasing God, 1 Samuel 8, verses 5 through 7. Um, he said, she says, this mentality is so modern era, uh, era a mentality of victimization and feminine oppression. Women have never had more power, and yet they continue to rally and rant as though they had none at all. No matter where a person goes, they will always be in subjection to someone and ultimately to God, Romans chapter 13. If a woman is inclined to feel oppressed by being under a man's authority for a few hours a week, she has a serious submission problem. Uh, Then she goes on to say the fact that there are only a few commands for women to be silent, which we just referenced, see, that doesn't lessen their gravity. These passages are specific commands to women and how we ought to conduct ourselves in the assembly to overlook these passages, uh, which are specific commands to women and how we ought to conduct. Okay, to overlook these direct commands in order to seemingly fulfill other commands given by God, uh, as cited in the article. the, the, um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm getting that. Uh, she, she said we're misinterpreting scripture to suit our desires if we if we overlook these direct commands. I think that's right. That's right. Um, thoughts, Bonnie. What about this <clears throat> idea? Great amount of scriptures, and we don't have any. Well, I have. You know, if there was a great amount, you would think. I mean, I've read through the Bible several times. I've listened to it all the way through it three times this year already. Uh, you've done the same. Between the two of us, if there was a great amount of scriptures, you'd think we would have stumbled over one of them. Just, I mean, yeah. surely we'd have found one. Yeah. yeah. And you and I haven't seen those scriptures. Uh, if they were there, you would think the person that wrote this article would have quoted at least one of them, and he didn't do it. Yeah. All he quoted was scriptures that disprove his point, not scriptures that prove his point. So I just don't find the great amount of scriptures. Uh, and some of them that we're going to talk about in a few minutes has their references to the Old Testament. We don't go by the Old Testament in Christian worship. We go by the New Testament. So whatever is in the Old Testament doesn't apply to us anyway. Okay, I think you're exactly right. By the way, apologize apologize to uh, the chat room. I see quite a bit of activity in the chat room, and I'm not able to keep up with that tonight. So you all chat away, behave yourself in the chat room, and we'll let you have have at it there. Um, Real quickly before we go to another break, Monty. In the article, it was suggested that it's immoral to prohibit women from speaking in the same way that it would be immoral to prohibit black people from participating in the assembly. How would you address that? Well, this is a specific command we're talking about in 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 Timothy 2 relating to women, irregardless of color. Whatever their skin tone is, it doesn't mention skin tone. It mentions their gender. 
and we're not talking about people's skin tone. Uh, from time to time, there's black persons worship with us at College U, and they lead prayer. Uh, they've preached here on more than one occasion. Uh, if we had somebody of some other ethnic background or whatever you, race, whatever you want, however you want to refer to that, we would be glad if there's preaching the truth for them to preach here or teach us also, provided that they're males. The Bible doesn't mention race in the New Testament other than you might possibly refer to Jews and Gentiles. And uh, I personally... they're all one. They're all one now. But I personally don't right offhand know of any people that I would... that have told me that they're of even Jewish descent. So really, in the Bible, Old and New Testament together, we read about the Jewish race and everybody else. So... I don't have a problem. I don't see the Bible well, if, if, has if, any command or anything against black folks. If this was going to be folks. equivalent, if this was going to be, a, <clears throat> if you're going to draw an equivalency here, you would have to find a place where I suffer not a black man to teach nor usurp authority mm-hmm. over white men in the assembly. There is no such statement. No. We have such a statement about women. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, they're, they're prohibited from being over men. We don't have we don't have anything like that concerning. A race of people. And so they've tried to draw a parallel here that's not a parallel at all. And again, it speaks to the weakness of their argument. Any thoughts on that, Kyle? Uh, no, that's, that's, it's sad that they're trying to a square peg in a round hole. Just uh, it's an argument's not there. It's just not. Okay, I think you're right. All right, we're going we're gonna to grab a, a, a break. And when we come back, we got one more argument. Uh, and this was the one that, where they tried to to suggest that they have authority for women preaching to men because Mary Magdalene was sent to tell the apostles that Jesus had resurrected. We'll deal with that when we get back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on the virtual Bible study. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church. But you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more. There's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study? You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects, and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Winston Churchill is remembered as one of the great motivators of the past century. His leadership qualities were a deciding factor in helping the British people through the darkest hours of World War II. Later in life, Churchill was invited to return to the prep school he had attended as a youth. He was to address the students, and they had been told to expect, quote, one of the greatest orators of all times, unquote. Their instructions were to listen carefully and take notes. Churchill's speech to the student body was incredibly brief. You, no doubt, are familiar with the entire text of that speech. Sir Winston said, young gentlemen, never, 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 never give up. That was it. No more. But it was a message that could not be forgotten. Others have pointed out that the key to success is not necessarily talent or training or luck. It is patience, persistence, and perseverance that wins the prize. This principle also applies in spiritual pursuits. We've known some incredibly talented folks who have given up, and others who have received the finest opportunities have simply quit. We need determination to continue on no matter what comes our way. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Don't whine and drop out at the first sign of adversity. The book of Hebrews was written to Christians who were tempted to give up, and the words of encouragement written to them are needed by us today. Quote, cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Ye have need of patience. We are not of them that draw back. Chapter 10, verses 35 through 39. And finally, in chapter 12, verse 1 of Hebrews, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And so, never give up. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. 
Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And we're back on the virtual Bible study for Thursday, September the 26th, 2019, talking about women preachers tonight. We want to remind you that the virtual Bible study is brought to you each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by going to our website, collegeview.com, and uh, lots of information there, uh, a lot of teaching materials that are available. And we're always uh, uh, open to your questions, uh, so call us, send us an email, anything we can do to help, let us know. We continue to talk about uh, this article by blogger Steve Gardner uh, that announces that the Highland Church of Christ in Abilene, Texas, has decided to allow women preachers, and they've given some what we think are really weak arguments to try and justify this decision that they have made. We want to talk about one more before we go to some other things, Monty, but uh, we we commented briefly about this before, but... They said that Christ first appeared to women after his resurrection and told them, quote, go to my brothers and tell them. Christ thus told women to go tell assembled men that what, what he had revealed or that he was resurrected. Uh, notice he, he revealed himself to the women. He said, go tell the men what you've seen. Uh, tell them that I'm going to Galilee. Tell them I'll meet them there, that sort of thing. Um, is, is that is that really equivalent to in other words they're saying there you have it they're, they're, they're equating they're, that with the great commission in a way yeah, yeah and and that this is a woman preacher that basically there you got mary mary was was the first woman preacher jesus authorized it was that a preaching situation <clears throat> well it, it it's not what i would describe as a preaching situation uh the fact that this we was just talking earlier the men were assembled as they said to, uh go tell the assembled men what He'd revealed to them they were assembled, but basically were hiding out in a room because they was afraid of the Jews. So it wasn't a worship assembly type situation, but it was just they happened to be hiding out at the same place, more or less. And so that's and then when she went and for me to go for me to relay a message to you that someone gave me personally, give me personally has given me a message to give to you is not teaching you. It's not preaching to you. It's just following an instruction. Go tell Greg this, okay? I went and tell you that. You wouldn't consider yourself as having been preached to or taught. You would have just been considered. If I'd have handed it to you on a note, wrote it down and handed it to you, I'd have still given you the message, but I wouldn't have preached or taught to you. I, 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 the, the way you said that just made me think of, an, of a, maybe an analogy. So in, here we are in a, a military battle scene, and so this general tells a private you go tell General So and So to do this and that. The, the the private is just a courier. He didn't have any authority. So this general tells him to go tell another general to do something. This private is not over that general, and he's not he's not he's not exercising authority over. The, he's just conveying a message yeah. that that's not teaching or having authority over a person. And that's basically what Jesus told Mary to do: go and tell my disciples that I'm re- that I have risen. I'll see them in Galilee. Mm-hmm. That's just conveying a message. That's not teaching. And by the way, they said that was a group of assembled men. That wasn't a church assembly. No. That was a bunch of guys hiding out in a room for fear that they would yeah. be the next ones killed. Uh, there's just no parallel there at all. No, it's not an apples-to-apples apples thing in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. Um, Angela says... Uh, Jesus was not sending her to preach to the men, but to pass on information. She cites the references in John 20, Matthew 28, Mark 16. This information was to bolster them to joy in action. He sent her as a messenger, not as a prophet or a teacher. Uh, 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 Chris in the U.K. says a direct quote or to go to a particular place, uh, the first not recorded as done, the second not teaching. So he said, we don't even know exactly how she did what she was told to do, but he, he says that would not be a form of teaching in his opinion. I would agree with him about that. So anyway, uh, we've, we've spent a good bit of time, but I think it's worthwhile looking at this 
announcement concerning the Highland Church of Christ in Abilene, Texas. They're not the only ones doing this. Uh, a good while back, Kyle, how long ago do you think it was when we talked about that woman preacher up in Franklin, Tennessee, just north of us here, um, the the 4th Avenue Church in Franklin, Tennessee, it's had a few woman. Years, yes. It's been three or four years, don't you think? Probably. So this is not a brand new development, uh, but there's a growing trend. And it's and it's unfortunately based upon this guy calls his blog site authentic theology. I think I would probably call it flawed theology. This is flawed theology. This this is very flaky interpretation of scripture, uh, and and it just simply does not justify the conclusions that they're trying to to draw from that. All right, we're going to have to hurry, but we want to go to some other arguments. I think probably some arguments that uh, are better we're going to supply some arguments that in my opinion are probably better than the ones that the these people had offered in this article and these elders at highland had had suggested uh, but we still think none of these arguments justify women preachers it is argued Monty, for instance that women prophesied in the early church that there were women prophets in the early church and we want to start out by saying that absolutely. Absolutely true. Acts 2, verse 18, Peter said on the day of Pentecost when he was preaching, he, he quoted a prophecy of, of the prophet Joel, and he says in Acts 2, 18, on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. It was a prophecy of the Old Testament that women would prophesy in, in this age, uh, in the New Testament age as the church began. In Acts 21, uh, verse nine, it mentions the evangelist Philip, who had four daughters, which did they were four virgin daughters, which did prophesy. In First Corinthians eleven, verse five, every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head. Uh, did you see anything there that suggested that was taking place uh, publicly? Uh, in, in an assembly with a woman being a teacher or in a leadership role uh, uh, in, in, in an assembly in which men and women were both present. Not, There's uh, no evidence to suggest it, that. You have to completely read between the lines to, to come up with that. So to the argument, there were women who prophesied in the early church. True, yes. But that doesn't establish that they did it in, a, in an assembly of the church when men and women were both present. We know that they did it because the scriptures clearly say so. But we also know, according to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14 and also in 1 Timothy 2, that they had certain constraints that they had to do it. It was it couldn't have been in an assembly of the church because as you that said, was not allowed. In 1 Timothy 2.12, I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over the man but to be in silence. But there was be lots of opportunities otherwise in other types of gatherings or, or whatever for the women to exercise these spiritual gifts that they had been given. Exactly right. But not in an assembly of the church. Because that is forbidden here. Exactly right. Uh, you know, you you could as also make you could as easily make the argument that women uh, uh, spun yarn in the first century. Uh, Christian women yeah. in the first century spun yarn, or they made pottery jars. Well, Aquila and Priscilla were tent makers. They, so uh, if here's Priscilla a woman participated a in making tents. She was tent. So you could you could as easily say. Well, they did that in the assembly. They were making tents in the assembly, yeah. which would be ludicrous, but it would be on, it, you. But it'd be as on equal footing. Exactly right. The same logic w- would apply. So I that, mean, even today, you and you and I have both worked on automobile engines, not together, but we both had the misfortune of having to do exactly. it. Exactly. But I've never done it in the assembly of the church. Yeah. So the fact that I can and have done it doesn't mean it's going to be an act of worship. Exactly right. So that 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 argument just falls flat on its face. Here's another one. Phoebe was a woman who had a leadership office uh, in the church. Romans 16, beginning verse 1. Paul says, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Sincrea, that you receive her in the Lord as become a saints, and that you assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you, for she hath been a succorer of many and of myself also. Um, the, the, this version says she's a servant of the church at Sincrea. Mm-hmm. That's the same word 
that is translated as deacon in first timothy chapter three in first timothy chapter three it speaks of the office of a deacon Mm -hmm. that word deacon is simply the word for a a servant Mm -hmm. there is an office of a servant there's an office of a deacon that's specified in first timothy chapter three this is a general word the word for servant or deacon is a general word and we're all to be servants but the office of a deacon clearly requires it to be a man when you look at the qualifications mm-hmm. that are lined out in First Timothy 3. Well, even at that, in, in Romans chapter 16 here, in verse 1, it refers to as a servant. And then at the end of verse 2, the word in the King James, it said sucker. And the New King James uses the word helper. Yeah. So she was a servant of the church. She helped members of the church do whatever, and I guess. And even Paul. And even Paul. So she she helped people do things, but that doesn't make her a leader. Yeah, that's right. And so, again... You know, the argument is she had a leadership office. It doesn't say so. You couldn't prove that if your life depended upon it. You couldn't prove that. Well, even if you wanted to refer to it as using that word deacon, a deacon in the church is not a leader of the church. The elders are the leaders. The deacons are special servants given specific physical tasks to see to it that they get accomplished. It's not a leadership role necessarily. It's a servant's role. But it's even a helper's at that, role. But even at that, the, the office of a deacon is clearly restricted it's given, to men. It's given clear, clear qualifications, the, 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 and qual- one of them is to be a man. Well, uh, it says there in First Timothy chapter 3, uh, these, let's see, uh, speaks of their wives. Uh, and it says, verse 12, let the deacons be the husband of one wife. Mm-hmm pretty hard for a woman to be the husband of one wife. Uh, and so clearly the office of a deacon is limited to men, but we're all to be servants. And yes. that's just, that's what the word means literally. Yeah. And she, uh, Phoebe was a servant in the church. All right. We're going to take our last break. When we come back, got a few more arguments that are sometimes used to try and justify uh, women preachers. We think they all fall flat, but we'll look at a few more when we come back from this last break. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. This is Stephen Nicholson, a member of the College View Church of Christ, and I want to invite you to be a regular participant on the virtual Bible study. Your input by way of emails and phone calls are always welcome during the live program. We're also open to your suggestions about possible topics for discussion on upcoming editions of the program. We'd love to hear from you anytime. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. In an online poll, preachers were asked about their most common sermon length. The most common length was 20 to 28 minutes, and the second most common was 45 to 55 minutes. That information is via Influence Magazine. The Word of God says in John 6, verse 68, Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the virtual Bible study. Going to the top of the hour, talking about women preachers and, and, the, and the failed efforts that some make to try and justify that from the scriptures. Um, let's see here. Let me see if I catch up with these emails we've got here. Um, Angela says about Phoebe, she says, I'm not sure I see where this passage says she had a leadership role. She seems to have been one who was a good servant to the churches and the congregation was to help her, told to help her. But that doesn't mean that she was given a position of control. I think that's exactly right. Uh, okay, and, and Chris has mentioned too. Uh, I don't think he meant Phoebe is a servant, even if a deacon, it says nowhere who she taught uh so he says that wouldn't be proof that she was in a teaching role over men or had authority over men all right here's another argument money euodia and syntyche were fellow workers with paul philippians 4 beginning verse 2 i beseech euodius and beseech syntyche that they be of the same mind in the lord and i entreat thee also true yoke fellow help those women which labored with me in the gospel with clement also and with other my fellow laborers whose name are in the book of life would you agree with me that that's, I mean, you've got to, you've got to stretch that a long way and you've got to read way between the lines. They, they were, they were helpers with Paul. They labored with him, but 
could you prove that that means that they taught over men or had position of authority over men? You know, and something that we might look at as a parallel, there's several men who we help support to preach the gospel around the country and in foreign countries. In effect, we labor with them doing that. But take Nestor Sanchez, for example. I've never been to Bolivia or Argentina. Or Argentina. Or no, Chile. 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 Yeah, Rica, Chile. Yeah. I've never been to Rica, Chile, but I have labored with him by the, by the fact that I've helped contribute to the work that he the support for the work that he does. So this these these ladies here that's being referred to probably helped contribute in some way to the maintenance or to the upkeep or provided food or whatever or lodging. We know that Lydia provided lodging for Paul uh when he was in was it Antioch? No. Lydia was in Philippi. Philippi, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she provided lodging for him. He stayed with her. So she, in effect, labored with him. She helped yeah. him in the work he was doing. So yeah. she labored with him. And so, but that doesn't mean she taught a man in any way at all. Exactly right. She had no authority over them. Yeah. See, you're just gonna have to really read between the lines to get that uh, from Euodia and Syntyche and Philippians four. Here's another one. Junia was an apostle, it's argued. Romans 16, verse 7, salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. The argument is Junia here is named uh, among the uh, of note among the apostles. Well, first of all, a little bit of simple research will prove that that name is not exclusively or conclusively a woman's name. It's like some names that we have in our language that could go either way. It could be a man or a woman's name. And so you'd be you'd be walking out on a limb to say that that's a woman when you can't prove that it is. And the context, Monty, you were pointing out earlier, he calls them kinsmen, his his uh, uh, his kinsmen and his fellow prisoners. Well, the New King James says countrymen, my fellow countrymen yeah. and fellow prisoners. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, by the way, the idea of being an apostle just simply means being one sent on a mission, not not necessarily a, a one of the apostles, the official apostles of Jesus well, Christ. Well, that, and the New King James says, uh, my countrymen and fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also it's not saying that they were apostles or are apostles but, but, were well it, known by. but of note among the apostles they know them they knew who they was yeah. they were noted by them to be uh countrymen and fellow prisoners yeah exactly right recognized by them exactly right let me see here uh uh angela says the uh, english standard version says that this Junia was well known to the apostles, but again, I would uh, emphasize you can't you can't prove conclusively that's even a woman's name. Um, let's see here, uh, Chris in UK says uh, if it applies to Junia an apostle, I would also like to note that one of Paul's kinsmen. It's a different spelling of that uh, of that merely family, but a group of men. I, Maybe figurative, but we, would Paul be a prisoner with a woman? Uh, is his question. So, uh, that, that, again, that's that's totally inconclusive. I'd tell you if you're going to go if you're going to launch out in this direction, it seems to me you want to have a lot stronger arguments in your in your defense before you start out in this direction, or at least one that was conclusive. N- none of the none of the arguments are conclusive. I mean, you'd have to say it could be it could be that Junia was a woman. It could be that Phoebe was uh, held office in church. None of those things are said, Mm-mm. and so you're, you're walking out on a limb. Well, we know Phoebe couldn't have held office in the church, no matter what servant status she had. But she couldn't have held office because the, the qualifications of a deacon are specifically the husband male of one wife, female. So she can't be anybody's husband. Exactly right. All right, we're just about out of time, and I, I want to just spend a little bit of time on this last one. The last one is that this is just a cultural thing. The prohibition on women speaking, as is as we find it in the New Testament, and and we do find it in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in that article about the Highland Church of Christ, they acknowledge that there's some some pretty plain statements in the Scripture prohibiting women from speaking in the assemblies. But the argument ultimately is that that was just a cultural thing. Uh, just showed just showed sort of 
the 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 norm of society in that day. Uh, one author said it's just. Uh, uh, rabbinical trappings and innate prejudices of patriarchal social structure, uh, psychological ignorance, obsolete cultural patterns. Uh, that's, that's what one guy said about this. That, in other words, that was just their, that was just the way they did things culturally in society. We, we have advanced so far beyond that that we, we just need to realize that was those, those people were just pretty ignorant and, and, completely unsophisticated and uneducated and we've come a long way since then and we just need to realize that that anything you read that prohibits women was just the the sort of the influence of that culture in the time well uh he would be referring to then uh the first century that time that uh, culture and time in first timothy chapter two and verse where we referenced earlier, starting in verse 12, it goes down through here and it talks about the women and being in silence. And verse 13 says, For Adam was formed first and then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. So we're talking about a time period at least 4,000 years earlier than the first century. Right. And it doesn't give any culture. I mean, the only culture that there was with Adam and Eve was Adam, Adam and Eve. Eve. That's right. <laughs> and, but it gives reasons for that because uh, Adam was formed first. And then because the woman was deceived, but Adam wasn't. So there's a reason that God gave for, for this, and he refers it all the way back to the beginning of time. Exactly so right. it's not a culture thing. It's the way God designed it and made it from the beginning. So I think you're exactly right. To answer this argument that it just was the culture of the first century being reflected in these instructions in the New Testament, that's not true. Because in the passage in 1 Timothy 2 that restricts women from having authority over men, the reasons given are order of creation, man created first and mm-hmm. then the woman, and the woman first in, in sin, the first to be deceived by Satan. And by the way, go back to, to Genesis chapter 3 and read about that. And her submissive role to man was the consequence, one of yeah. the consequences uh, that she suffered because of her sin. And so it didn't have anything to do with culture, as you say. And so t- t- these people who argue, ah, that's just that's just obsolete, uh, sort of ignorant, unsophisticated societal. Or even for the ones that wanted norm. to make the argument about race, as far as we have a possibility of knowing, Adam and Eve was the same race. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, same skin color or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so it just it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Kyle, what do you think? It doesn't. I mean, it's I don't know. I just it doesn't argue doesn't hold up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it as well, it's just as we were saying earlier. If if that's the if that's where you've got to go to justify your position, then you don't have a very good position. Chris in UK said the prohibit the prohibition stated concerning women preachers. Uh, he says uh, if that's if it's just indication of culture of the times. He says so we can play that interpretation. Uh, that's your interpretation, not my interpretation. All scripture God breathed, not some, and we are to be held by the whole counsel of God, not those that we like. Uh, there's no sermons done by women recorded for us or accounts of times they preached. Uh, an argument from silence is very hard to hear because it's a very low volume indeed, he says. Uh, Angela says, uh, uh, if we can make this claim about women that it's just a cultural prohibition, of the first century, then she said you basically could make that claim about the whole Bible. It could just be dismissed as cultural, and we know that that's not the case. Um, she says, really, if you want to know the culture of the times, that's what's behind this. See, I believe the desire to have women teaching and leading over men is a sign of the culture yeah, of our, our culture. times. And I think that's exactly a good observation, Angela. In other words, instead of dismissing the plain New Testament teachings as being the culture of the times, Realize that all this this move to try to bring women to positions of authority and leadership and preaching in the church, that's what's cultural. Yeah. That's, that's the culture of our times that's influencing people to make these faulty uh, applications and arguments. I, I agree, and it's, it's really boils down to being that simple. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so, again... We think that this is an important topic, and I want to apologize again. to uh, There have been a lot of activity in the chat room, and I've just not been able to keep up with that tonight. Uh, so uh, ho- hopefully you guys in the chat room have been behaving there and sharing thoughts back and forth, and so we'll leave it at that. Uh, 
hope that you have benefited from our study and realize, of course, that all these programs are archived immediately upon the conclusion of the program. So we've, we've talked on this subject before. You can go back and search our archives and find more information there and uh, information on just a whole host of different topics that we've covered through the years on the Virtual Bible Study. Look into our archives for that. Lord willing, we'll be back with you next week for another program on the Virtual Bible Study next Thursday night, 8 o'clock Central Time. We hope you'll join us then. Between now and then, continue to study your Bible, live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.